0: Welcome, everyone, to our next podcast episode for Psychopharmacology. In this episode, we're going to be looking at the SNRIs. We have previously talked about the discovery of the SSRIs and how their superior safety profile over the MAOI and TCA agents made them very popular. Since the late 1980s, SSRIs have dominated the antidepressant market and their wide success created great interest among pharmaceutical companies to develop continuing antidepressants that could offer similar improvements in efficacy and tolerability, perhaps by a different mechanism of action. In 1994, a new drug called venlafaxine was released to the market and introduced a new class of antidepressants known as the serotonin norepinephrine reuptake inhibitors, or SNRIs for short. Dr. Sharma, can you tell us more about them?
1: Of course. Venlafaxine is, was unrelated in structure to the TCA and SSRIs. And in fact, it was derived from phenylethlamine, which uh, is an organic compound that functions as a central a CNS stimulant. When the blocks neuronal uptake of serotonin and norepinephrine and, to a much lesser extent, dopamine, it was the first drug in this new class of antidepressants that came to be known as SNRIs. SNRIs are considered second-generation antidepressants along with the SSRIs and bupropion, and they're among the most widely used medications today. Whereas SSRIs only affect serotonin, SNRIs increase levels of both serotonin and norepinephrine and so they have an additional noradrenergic effect.
0: Don't TCA's work in a similar fashion by inhibiting serotonin and norepinephrine reuptake? How are these drugs any different?
1: You're exactly right. They do, uh, which is why another name for SNRIs, what they're sometimes also referred to as, are non-tricyclic serotonin and norepinephrine reuptake inhibitors. Their mechanism of action is similar to that of TCA's, and as a result, so are their efficacy and uses. You might recall that TCAs have have some analgesic effect, and they're sometimes used in the treatment of uh, central and neuropathic pain conditions due to their ability to modulate chronic pain by affecting serotonin and neurogenergic transmission in the CNS and the spinal cord. And so uh, SNRIs that possess a similar mechanism are also used extensively for chronic pain, especially duloxetine or Cymbalta. However, one key distinguishing factor between SNRIs and TCAs is that SNRIs are more selective. They have little affinity for other receptors, and so they're better tolerated and don't carry the extensive side effect profile of TCAs.
0: What are the different SNRIs, and how long have they been around?
1: So there are eight FDA-approved SNRIs with venlafaxine, or Effexor, being the first and the most used of them. In 2019, venlafaxine was the 40th most prescribed medication in the U.S. with more than 17 million prescriptions. Deloxetine or Cymbalta, was released in 2004 after a long delay, and dust-methylofaxine, Pristique, which is the major active metabolite of venlafaxine, became available shortly after in 2008. Milna, uh, milnacipran, or Savella was released in 2009, and its active enantiomer, Leve- Mil- milnacipran or, or Fetzima, was released more recently in 2013. Atomic Satine, better known as under the brand name Stratera, was released in 2002 for treatment of ADHD. It was originally considered to be a selective norepinephrine reuptake inhibitor, but later reclassified as an SNRI. This episode will focus mainly on Effexor, Pristique, and Cymbalta. Other SNRIs, including milnasopram and Fetsema, will be the focus of later episodes.
0: How does an SNRI's efficacy as an antidepressant compare to either the TCAs or the SSRIs?
1: Due to their selectivities, SNRIs provide a safer and effective alternative to the TCAs in treating melancholic depression in patients. Some studies suggest a slightly higher antidepressant efficacy of SNRIs over SSRIs, possibly due to their additional neuroadrenergic and stimulant activity and slightly faster onset of action, but this effect is modest. And compared to the SSRIs, SNRIs are are particularly suited for more serious forms of depression where patients are more vegetative and the stimulant properties can be more beneficial.
0: Are there any pharmacological differences among the venlafaxine, desvenlafaxine, and duloxetine?
1: Duloxetine has equal and potent serotonin and norepinephrine reuptake blocking effects. Out of the three of them, duloxetine... Is actually the most potent norepinephrine reuptake inhibitor, followed by deslicavafaxine and venlafaxine. Because of its increased noradrenergic potency, duloxetine or Cymbalta has greater efficacy in treating more serious forms of depression and has a wider indication, uh, wider indications of use than does venlafaxine. Venlafaxine has the mildest norepinephrine reuptake inhibition. And dosages above 150 milligrams per day are you needed to see clinically significant neurodegenergic effect. In contrast, Wilnofaxine's active metabolite, des or Pristique, appears to be a more balanced version of uh, serotonin and norepinephrine reuptake inhibitor than its parent compound.
0: So what are the formal FDA indications for the SNRIs?
1: Well, their first indication was for depression. SNRIs have been shown to have efficacy in treating any form of depression, from major depression outpatient to more severe dysthymia, melancholia, or psychotic depression inpatient. And due to its increased neuroadrenergic potency, Cymbalta, or duloxetine in particular, is used also as a first line in patients with serious depression, including the melancholic and psychotic subtypes, and also in depressed patients that have comorbid pain or stress incontinence. Pristique or desvolnifaxine is only indicated for treatment of major depression, but venlafaxine and duloxetine have additional indications. A second indication of venlafaxine and uh, and duloxetine is for the treatment of generalized anxiety. In fact, venlafaxine, uh, the extended release formulation, was the first antidepressant approved for the treatment of uh, generalized anxiety disorder in, in 1999, and it's also been approved for the treatment of social anxiety disorder. Duloxetine has a similar efficacy in the treatment of generalized anxiety. As we mentioned earlier, since SNRIs have share similar mechanisms with the TCAs, it's not surprising that they also share their utility in treating pain conditions as well. So when Lifaxine, um, at high doses is approved for the treatment of chronic pain syndromes, has shown superiority to the SSRIs and the TCAs as well, and has a similar efficacy to TCAs for treatment of neuropathic pain associated with diabetes, fibromyalgia, and other chronic pain conditions. But like we said, because of its milder noradrenergic effects, venlafaxine requires dosages above 150 milligrams per day to have that noradrenergic effect and analgesic effect. In contrast, duloxetine, since it's a more potent serotonin and noradrenergic agent, it can start working at lower doses for treatment of pain. In fact, duloxetine was approved for treatment of neuropathic pain shortly after it was approved for treatment of depression. And it's also now approved for treatment of chronic musculoskeletal pain, diabetic neuropathy, and fibromyalgia. Duloxetine has another FDA indication for treatment of stress urinary incontinence. And it's thought that duloxetine's uh, noradrenergic effects on the pedendal nerve motor nucleus of the sacral spinal cord increases urethral sphincter activation and results in a stronger contraction of the urethra and sphincter. sphincter tone.
0: So what are some common off-label or non-FDA-approved uses for SNRIs?
1: Although Desvolnafaxine or Pristique is only approved for treatment of major depression, it's also often used similarly to its parent drug Venlafaxine in treatment of anxiety disorders or pain management. Effexor and Pristique um, also appear to be effective in treatment of hot flashes, night sweats, or other vasomotor symptoms associated with menopause and may be effective as hormone replacement therapy. Another off-label use of venlafaxine or Effexor is in the treatment of ADHD, which may be surprising until you realize that atomic or stratera, which is a norepinephrine-predominant SNRI, is also FDA approved for the treatment of ADHD. Several studies suggest that Effexor is effective in treatment of both childhood and adult ADHD, and it's thought that this is likely due to their structure, which is is derived from phenylethamine, and so it shares many structural and neurochemical properties with amphetamines.
0: So what are some of the side effects associated with SNRIs, and how can we manage them?
1: An easy way to look at the side effects of SNRIs is to break them down into those that are serotonergic-mediated serotonergic and those that are noradrenergic-mediated. So the serotonergic side effects... All three SNRIs are are potent serotonin reuptake inhibitors. So as you would expect, they share their serotonergic-mediated side effects in common with the SSRIs. GI side effects are common, uh, such as nausea. People usually adapt to this very quickly in the first two to three weeks of therapy. Sexual dysfunction, including uh, sexual anhedonia, decreased libido, anorgasmia, erectile dysfunction is another troublesome serotonergic-mediated side effect. But these effects are somewhat milder with the SNRIs than the SSRIs, suggesting that the um, noradrenergic effects may be mitigating some of the associated serotonergic uh, sexual side effects. The noradrenergic side effects are unique and distinct from those of the SSRIs. The more potent noradrenergic effects of uh, duloxetine and, to a lesser ex- uh, extent, in the vaccine, they result in you know, constipation, dry mouth, urinary hesitation, and retention. While these uh, symptoms appear similar to anticholinergic side effects, they're actually a a result of hyperactivation of the peripheral norepinephrine receptor, alpha-1. And elderly males are particularly susceptible to retaining urine and should be monitored closely.
0: So, Dr. Sharma, what about the prospect of overdose? Are these drugs something that we should worry about if they're taken excessively?
1: So this is another department where SNRIs share uh, several similarities with SSRIs. As with SSRIs, fatal overdoses with SNRIs are rare. There have been no reported fatal overdoses with duloxetine or vaccine, up to doses of 5,200 milligrams. The safety margin of venlafaxine uh, seems to be more concerning than the other SNRIs, and moderate overdoses can occur with less than 30 times the daily dose. They're more associated with GI upset than other symptoms, and so gastric lavage is often helpful in these cases. Substantial overdoses with more than 10 grams can result in seizures and serotonin syndrome.
0: So what drugs are SNRIs contraindicated with?
1: Use of SNRIs with other serotonergic agents can precipitate serotonin syndrome, so that would be one to be cautious of. This risk is especially high with the MAOIs, and so combination of SNRIs and MAOIs is contraindicated.
0: Can you stop these drugs abruptly?
1: You could, but as with SSRIs, the abrupt discontinuation of SNRIs also tends to lead to a withdrawal discontinuation syndrome. So patients can have flu-like symptoms, reemergence of their depression and anxiety. The hypothesis underlying this abrupt discontinuation is that you know, it can cause a temporary, sometimes a long-lasting deficiency in one of the neurotransmitters in the brain and result in dysregulation. And out of all the antidepressants we've discussed, bupropion is the only exception to this discontinuation syndrome.
0: Who would be an ideal candidate for an SNRI?
1: The ideal candidate would be someone who has persistent dysthymia, melancholic depression, and any form of depression with vegetative symptoms. Someone who has you know, decreased energy, fatigue, who has difficulty getting out of bed and starting their morning routine. An elderly woman who has stress incontinence, and chronic pain from diabetic neuropathy, fibromyalgia, osteoarthritis, or low back pain would benefit greatly from duloxetine. Or a postmenopausal woman that is suffering from frequent hot flashes and night sweats would benefit from uh, venlafaxine or desvenlafaxine.
0: Who would be not a good candidate for an SNRI?
1: Given that SNRIs have noradrenergic effects and can have stimulant-like properties on heart rate and blood pressure... They're not the best choice to use in elderly patients that have a history of tachyarrhythmias or patients with treatment-resistant hypertension. They're also not preferable in patients with benign prostatic hyperplasia due to the risk of urinary retention. And because of the associated liver toxicity with duloxetine in particular, that one is not best suited for use in patients that have a history of liver cirrhosis or preexisting liver disease.
0: So, in summary, SNRIs have combined serotonergic and noradrenergic effects that share many properties with TCAs, but with a slightly better side effect profile and tolerability. SNRIs are well suited for treatment of any form of depression and generalized anxiety disorder. Because of its increased noradrenergic potency, duloxetine is used first line in severe depression with vegetative symptoms and in depressed patients with comorbid pain or stress incontinence. Thank you so much for that excellent review, Dr. Sharma.
1: You're welcome.